You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. So if you're looking for the Somebody Likes It podcast, there are so many places you can find it. You can get at us at uh, oneofus.net, or you can subscribe directly on iTunes, or you can dig us on Stitcher. But wherever it is, uh, find us, will you? It's been a while, guys, since we uh, we started out the show with um, and, and right so, with with our location and the temperature in the room. Oh sure. Uh, well, you know why? That used to be. Yeah, that used to be like our mainstay introduction. Oh, because was, yeah, when we were in we were always in a garage, and it was right. always fucking hot in the summer, and painful, cool, and the cold in the winter. No, yeah, works. did somebody open a window up or? Uh, I think that the air conditioning in here. Oh, like no. it's on automatic and it Listen shuts off. Listen to me, not like King Shane. Did somebody <laughs> open a window? Like we had fucking windows when we were in the garage. Like it took, <laughs> didn't even take a year before I'm like, oh, a window. But it's like if you grow up in Texas, if you ever spend any time outside of the South where they don't have air conditioning, you. my first inclination is like, oh, these people just don't know how great air conditioning is. <laughs> like we need to, hey, Paris. We need to educate <laughs> like, these people. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like they're like, we don't need it. So anyway, that's how <laughs> When I was a kid, I, it used to boggle my mind. You would watch like old black and white movies or there was like some com- – I saw a commercial when I was a kid. And it would be like, you know – Men and wife beaters in like New York City with like the like the windows open and with stand yeah well yeah. that's in New Orleans um, but yeah, yeah but, but they a similar the, look and they, they would like they they crank open the fire hydrants and the kids are all out in the street like, <laughs> right and yeah. so when bath. I was a kid I was like just turn on your fucking air conditioners like <laughs> yeah. don't, apparently air yeah. conditioning is optional in certain parts if of the there were, it is it is in in, in in Oregon it is. And then Washington, in Los Angeles, if you get a new apartment, you have to bring your own refrigerator. Well, always, yeah, like it's standard practice. Unless you get like is a, that like, like a in the law? Do they, do they have that codified? That, that's just what people do. Oh, California, yeah. So I bet they sell a lot of those little bitty. The the girl that I was seeing the last even couple in apartments. Weeks that I was, yes, uh, the girl that I was seeing the last couple weeks I was there in '06. Had one of those like in it wasn't like a dorm fridge and it wasn't a fully huge fridge. It was what she could afford. Okay, those like are the move. only two basically fridge sizes. <laughs> what is this? I There's know. an in between. Where is the in between store? I don't know. I have they're, they're, they're they're like European fridges. No. European <laughs> fridges are about half the size and about two feet shorter. Yeah, they're about, they're about five feet tall. Okay, but, yeah. but we ain't in European. Well, one. this is this is just one of the interesting facts that you're going to learn tonight uh, on our show. Hey, R- hey Ryan, uh, you know what are you? Uh, if you're American when you go into the bathroom and you're American when you oh, go out. Oh, God. What are you while you're in there? What are you? Uh, European. That's, that's oh, crazy. man. With Classic. that, we should play yeah. some theme. By the way, no, that pretty much puts a cap on any of your complaining about dad jokes. Oh, yeah. that one joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the three years that we've endured. Endured. Dad humor. You, uh, you go so crazy someplace else. Let's play the theme. <laughs> All right. I'm Shane. Ryan. I'm Kevin. I'm Mark. Somebody likes it. Hey, so there are a few interesting things in the news worth sharing, and I'm going to preface this by saying I haven't read the articles. I've only read the headlines, so 
So, but I think the headlines are pretty compelling. We won't have we don't have to take a long time at sidebar in these, but I am kind of curious. There is at least an accusation that Spotify is putting fake artists on some playlists. Um, I'm just curious as to how somebody figured that out. Like, what's if they're the just, point, though? Well, right, yeah. Again, what, so that's where get themselves a little more. That's where that's where reading the article would fake be helpful. Artists? <laughs> like artists that don't exist, like the Archies, or I don't know, yeah, or just chipmunks? like yeah, like, I, I don't. Bob's I band. Don't know what that like, means. Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder. It's like you just if you're just reading through the list, and then there's one that is clearly an outlier. But some the names of some bands are so ridiculous. Like how could you tell? So anyway, so yeah, so there's there's that. So give that some thought. Go home and think about that. And then uh, like an algorithm that composes music. Like I, I'm I'm so confused. Yeah. Um, although I'm, that's a thing. I'm sure. I mean, it is a thing. Like there's AI yeah. that can help you write music. Anyway. Um, looks like there's also going to be a Freddie Mercury biopic and they, uh, they've been, the holdup has been that Brian May from Queen, uh, had to approve the, I guess the star. And it looks like it's going to be, uh, Rami Malek from Mr. Robot. Who's going to be, uh, Freddie Mercury. I can't I saw that. actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure what to think um, of it. Yeah, I was like, what's that going to look like? I mean, presumably like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> like, well, in the trailer like a shot for the of Freddie Mercury, Mercury. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> the trailer yeah. for the Morrissey biopic is out now. Yes, saw that. Is I'm it little... meandering and dour? Well, does Shane little... talk about it weekly? I didn't hear any Smiths music in it, <laughs> so I'm a little concerned. That's a fair statement. Fair question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyhow. Anyway, and then the but, la- but we did okay. get our our Smiths and Morrissey. Uh, just got it out of the way. Just got yeah. it out of the way. Right I find up, that's just the best way to, to just, just set rip it, it off aside. like a band aid. Put right. it on the lazy Susan that is this show and spin it around. Um, so, uh, la- and the last thing that I will share with you guys is that it was 60 years ago last week that uh, John Lennon first met Paul McCartney. So, well, yeah. that was a fortuitous meeting. Yeah, if I you do think? say so. Yeah, they became mates. They did. They're like, hey, you want to start a skiffle band and change the world? Johnny and the Moondogs? <laughs> yeah. Quarrymen were in there somewhere. Quarrymen, yeah. Johnny and the Moondogs, though, that's that's my personal favorite. I like I like that name. Anyway. It's hey, so did you guys hear about this? Uh, I heard about this earlier today, and um, I just, you know, it's not music-related in any way. I just find it funny um, that there's a new uh, – you. There's a new um, supplement that is a snortable chocolate. Snortable? Snortable. <laughs> as one does with cocaine? Yes, one does with cocaine, except it's chocolate, and it's it's over-the-counter. What's the point? Um, and exactly. It, so it purports to give you like a 30-minute buzz or something. And the guy that um, – let's see. Legal Lean is the name of the company. You uh, know, my nose is not where I keep my taste buds. <laughs> right. But it 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 there's it's purporting to um to give you a thirty minute buzz that will lift your mood, reduce your anxiety, and give you a surge of energy. Though it has not been studied at all by the FDA or anyone, even though the FDA doesn't really have to study uh, supplements. Supplements, yeah. I mean, that's actually it's. That seems like a weird blind spot for them to have. No, dude. There was a bill that was passed in 1993 that specifically took the FDA out of supplements. Coco Loco. Coco Loco. Yeah. So listen to this. Um, I was reading about it earlier today. Um, and so the guy that's the CEO of, of the company, here's a little quote. Anderson didn't consult with medical professionals when creating Coco Loco, nor have scientists tested the snortable snuff before it was released to the public. 
Instead, the CEO of Legal Lean told ABC News that he, quote, I just saw what they were doing in Europe because apparently there's a, like a trend of them snorting chocolate in Europe. That's, that's all you – I just saw what they were doing in Europe. I feel just, if, you, if you are consuming something to, through your nostril from a company called Legal Lean, <laughs> I feel like that's, the, like that's kind of the extension of oxygen bars. So maybe we should get to it. Is this uh, your record this week, Kevin? This is my record. I, as I was telling Mark, uh, yes, I created this record. Oh, that's good. And uh, oh, that's, I, I created it as a, a, a 22-year-old woman from Oakland, California. So You got that going for you. Yeah, so, so surprise. You're somewhat of a bedroom prodigy, are you? <laughs> yes, Kevin? exactly. He's versatile, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, no, so seriously, so we are, um, or even humorously, we're, uh, we're covering the second uh, JSOM record, and... Um, this is JSOM is the uh, nom, alter ego, the alter ego, nom uh, de plume. Or I music mean, sort of, yeah. yeah. Uh, of uh, Melina, is it uh, Duterte? Duterte, I think? yeah. Like. Anyway, yeah, she's from she's from Oakland, and um, basically has been, you know, for all intents and purposes, writing songs and uh, learning how to put things together and uh for 10 years or so mm-hmm. and this is her first major release she's been kind of been one of these um pop-up stars that has or you know pop-up personalities that has really kind of taken over oakland is in a weird spot like they're gentrifying the way that san francisco was years ago um and so there is a lot of you know it, it's been a been a part of the bay area where there have been a lot of like cast-offs who got priced out of uh, the other part of the I blame metro it all on the, the Golden State Warriors. Yes, yes, clearly. Um, but anyway, uh, so there's been you know there's been like a you know kind of a warehouse music scene and a lot of like you know sort of like that was where like the accessible like kind of music of the people was going. And anyway, yeah, she it's literally bedroom pop in that she uh, wrote and produced this in her bedroom, which also kind of made me think too of like. Not even necessarily um, traditional bedroom pop type records, but like just going back to like when we were talking about like pavement, like all the stuff that's well, a bit well, back like, in the day like it was like four track stuff that people did on task cams. And yeah. now, you know, you can just flip open your laptop and elegantly like, produce like, know. yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so I wanted to, you know, as is as is occasionally my want, we have been we have been doing um, the last several records have been dated and so I wanted to do something that was a little bit more current, and this came out uh, in, like, March or April of this year. So, anyway, it's the JSON record, Everybody Works. Well, I want to preface this, and it's funny you use the word dated, because I'll, I'll preface it with some nice things. Like, I think she's got an awesome voice. She sounds like Nina Person from the Cardigans to me. I didn't um, hear that. But... And, and for having self-produced it, which I assume she did, you know, if she was in her bedroom, like, it, it sounds really good. Um I do not really care for this record. Uh, some of it has a little bit of that Mac DeMarco thing where it's like, like kind of dissonant. It doesn't sound like it was left it's in a the back shoe, of a car. A little shoegazy stuff. Like um, some of it sounds yeah. like a, like um, And as far as dated goes, some of it sounds like it's from an 80s teen movie. Sure. Like right towards the end of like the second act, and you're not, you know, the guy is all depressed because she left I him. I didn't get that at all. He's driving around. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. In what way? Like what <laughs> 80s teen movie? Like I heard like mid-90s like uh, – Indie bands a little bit in there, but there's some stuff. I think in, both in of those like, things are in there, in like Pretty in Pink or uh, Say Anything or something where like it just some of these songs would have been appropriate for like you know 
a solitary guy who's you know kind of down on his luck right now, but he's about to turn it around. Um, I'm, that's just what I heard. You just come out of such left field sometimes. <clears throat> like it, whether or not I would end up agreeing with you that... or not agree with you, mm-hmm. like it's sometimes the shit that comes out of your mouth when we're talking about these records. I'm like, what the, did you? Did we even possibly listen to the same album? Shane, what was your take? I love this record. Cool. I thought it was fucking awesome. Of course. Of course you knew I was going to like it. Uh, but this is my, my one complaint with it was um, – and again, I'm, not, I'm saying I, – I oftentimes – like sometimes when Ryan will be like, you know what it sounds like to me? It's sort of like if you cross like the sound of, of a leaf blower with with B.B. With King and brought Buffalo <laughs> Springfield and – you know, and like, Dusty Springfield and, and Dusty Springfield yeah. fronting the band. All and, the Springfield, and, and then you're like, "Well, you know, I never would have thought of that before, but now that you say it, <laughs> it, your head. it does yeah. sound like that." I'm not, I'm not down to you, and it's it. Just sometimes it just blows my mind the shit that comes out of here. Well, and, and I, I think also, like, I think it's a fair criticism of some criticism that, it, and like, and we're not all like. It's probably, frankly, it'd make for a terrible podcast if we all liked exactly the same stuff. But it doesn't but, matter if we like it or not. I'm just yeah. saying, like, he has an interesting way of framing things well, sometimes. Well, I guess what I, where, I, where I was going with the comment is that I feel like sometimes that uh, dismissing something out of hand can lead to your, you shutting yourself off to, like, I guess one of the, like... There are a couple w- songs I actually like on here. Yeah, well... One that I like, okay. like, fully and one that I just mostly like. All right, I have a, I have a guess. You, you like I have a guess. At the, I, I have, I'm almost positive I know the, the one that you like. I think you and I are thinking of the same. There's song. there's one song I was like, that's the one Ryan's gonna like. Yeah, where it gets a little crunchier and gets a little yeah. Well, so okay, so some of this sounds like Cocktoo Twins decided to rock. Sure, for sure. A bit. Yeah. Well, look, the way that I feel about it, uh, like there's like there are, there are elements of it sounds like a. Okay, so it is a bedroom record, but it sounds like a bedroom record that you would like listen to in your bedroom. Like a lot of it's really lightweight. I mean, it's very pleasant. It's definitely not rocking my world. Like it's, it's changing anything, or I'm like you know doing a double take. But I mean, I could I could listen to this all all day long. It's just like can- it's like candy to me. But it's not. But it's very. But it's but it's but it's cotton candy. It's very lightweight. It's very. Billowy, almost, not substantial. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, not substantial with the songs. I mean, they're they're all incredibly pleasant, and even the sad, sadder ones are not sad, but even the like the darker ones, I think, are just still very well for a gossamer. Tw- yeah, for a t- and for a 22 year old, it's like she doesn't seem to be coming from that 22 year old place, which some people in their early 20s can be, which like is like Taylor the world Swift is place or well, something? no, like the world is so heavy and like oh, how yeah. like. You know, she's some of these songs are there are varying levels of seriousness, but I do think that like that's belied by some of the sunny aesthetic that's in. Well, there is sunny aesthetic, but then you go to like if you go to like a song like For Light, um, that mean to me that sounds like she was listening to Yola Tingo and Eric Stripped and a little bit. I mean, there's there's a lot of like slow core stuff in some of these songs, like where it's a really really slow tempo. um, You know, I don't know. All right, well let's but maybe we should run one. So why don't we do? Why don't we start with um, the bus song is the one that's been kind of put out there the most. I will say that that is not the one that I think that uh, is going to be Ryan's. Uh, it is not Ryan's track. That is, in fact, is not my favorite song. Yeah, favorite, but so. but let's run that one and then uh, and then we'll talk about it on the other side.
From the this is a little nugget from the all music review of this record, um, specifically with regard to the bus song. They said the the reviewer says the laid back delivery of the bus song belies a tightly crafted pop hook and sharply honest confession. Take time to figure it out. I'll be the one that sticks around, and I just want you to need me. Like I do think that this was. I can see kind of why they they sort of uh, shared this song out front with regard to this record. Um, but it is kind of a, an example of like lyrically, you know, it's a little, um, the content is a, is a little darker, but not, um, not as dark as some of the other like solo female solo artists that we've listened to that have been that age. So from, and, and the content is like, you know, I was gonna say, like, musically it's light. Yeah, it's light, but I take issue like with that review in that it says pop hook. Cause I don't, that was, that was the other issue I had with it. Um, other than like kind of the dissonance or whatever, is like I can't hum any of these songs. Well, and you're you're like I forgot about the dissonance stuff too. Like that's not your bag. Like oh, in general, it is like that uh, whatever the that song about pot on the beach that Shane played is, is the, the one that sounded like it was left in the back of the car <laughs> yes. and on a hot August day. Yes. That, that's, that's I good, love that's that, that song. song. Like I love that song. But but it's like that is like. That's like the sonic equivalent of Ryan watching Field of Dreams. He's like, I don't get it. I'll never understand what's I happening here. Field of Dreams Why so is this much. guy talking to his cord? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that, that, that his wife was just like, oh, honey, you're seeing dead baseball players. <laughs> and then she acts like it's totally fucking normal. Yeah. Anyway, we, we don't have to do the whole review of a movie that's been out for 30 years. But, uh, but anyway, but yeah, the point is, like, it's just a, like... This is not like the distance thing didn't occur to me that like that would be something. And I generally speaking, like it, I don't gravitate toward it, but mm-hmm. it's like I I can just doesn't bother. you. I, it doesn't bother me the way that bothers you. Yeah, yeah I, I can't put put my finger on it. But it, what it, the, the, the distance can see. That's something that it I, is my I like very, very much. But and it, I think it's just a matter of like what you like and what you don't. You know, like I can't. I mean, my kryptonite is like that, you know, like sax solos. No. Well. Yes, but but this kind of goes into that that shit from the the fifties, like fifties fifties rock and roll. You know, whatever. Fuck it. I like the blue moon part of that, by the way. But I think so. I guess those uh, shirts we had with Shane and a pompadour probably are not going to sell. No, look, look. There, there's stuff from the fifties that's that's quite like rockabilly, don't you? Kind of later. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I like rockabilly, but I don't like the you know like or I saw the witch doctor do, 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 or like you know whatever those fucking songs like one, one, one horn one, 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 leader. Dude, there's this the fucking, hell just happened. There's here. a there's a there's a shitty like tiny grocery store by my house, and I go there 
like if I go and I'm like if I'm making dinner and I'm like, oh shit, I don't have X ingredient, and rather than drive to one of the larger uh, shinier grocery store as I go to this little grocery store that's a couple of blocks away from my house and they have they play like that wait that, actually that's yakety that's sax the yakety sax is good but you know what I'm saying you know yakety yak don't talk back however is not speaking of yakety's Splish Splash, I was taking a bath. That's another one. Speaking of yakety's yeah. it's my is my new favorite uh, quote from this show uh, anyway yeah so I do think that like one of the reviews I read made the made the claim I think it might have been a pitchfork take on this, like that that what uh, that bedroom pop is quickly becoming an antiquated term, mm-hmm. um, and I think we can probably all agree on that. But but that 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 moniker applied to this set of songs seems to apply for some by virtue of the fact that the songs feel like well, they're kind of intimate, sub- they're kind of intimate, yeah, like they're designed to be closely held. So to speak, but she's like triple tracked on on these songs. But that again, but that that's the it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, like, oh, the triple track. You, Elliot Smith had like a lot of no, that's true stuff. Where he was, I'm not saying it's wrong. Him. I think it sounds really pretty. I just don't like the songs. Right. Yeah. It's funny to me that you that you take issue with like the, that you can't hum it along because you're such a big fan of Yola Tingo. They have a lot of songs that you can't hum along. That's true, and and for some reason they they break all my rules. And it works. <laughs> okay, so to that end, can we guess what the song is? That uh, I don't know that you guys are going to necessarily all right, know. I thought it would be One Billion Dogs. One Billion Dogs is the one That's that the I one thought. that I mostly like. The one that I truly like is Bedhead. All right, well, let's do, let's do One Billion Dogs now, and then maybe we'll do Bedhead on the other side, or we'll talk about it anyway. All right. All right. <laughs> Anybody that thought that, that was a song that was literally about a billion dogs, it's not. Totally it's not. missed that. I bet yeah, there's really. at least a billion dogs in the world, though, right? I don't know. I bet there's more than bet, a billion I bet dogs. There, I bet there's just a bit. Probably a billion dogs in China. Well, it's hard to count them all. No, because they eat them in China, dude. Well, I'm not saying that it's stay constant. Uh, was it? Yeah, and they don't have to necessarily be complete I, dogs. Look, if there's to be if counted. there's if there's seven if there's eight billion people in the world, of course there's fucking at least a billion dogs on the planet. Okay. Well, I'm just you know you just I mean no, I love how you say that with such that's so convincing. Like you're like no, I know it to be true. I've done the math. <laughs> like. I was expecting it's like, like, like you know, one person equals four dogs. That's the way that that should work. No, 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 I was just thinking about. <laughs> When when uh, when Kelly Flynn and I went to 
went to Greece, and I was like, there are, th- this happens to be a country that I've been in that there are more cats than dogs. And I pointed out to Kelly, I was like, what, you know, why are there, there's, because most, there's just dogs everywhere, all over the world. And I was like, why are there more cats here than dogs? And he goes, I don't think they eat them here. As though every other that, country. Like every other country just, oh, just eats, yeah. the eats, eats the cats, and that's why they're not yeah. around. Yeah. I don't know. These are, these are weird stories. Anyway, so, uh, so One Billion Dogs was the track that I guessed would be Ryan's, because well, it really sounds like, aside from the vocal... Like there are definitely some Yola Tangoey elements to yeah, that I mean, track, like Courtney Barnetti. Uh, oh, sure, that too. Yeah, uh, except not real Yola Tangoey to me. It like, does me too, in a good way. And it's not uh, like, and with Courtney Barnett, like I, I totally see. I didn't make that connection originally, but I totally see without the sort of Australian wry sense of humor, like. But yeah, like and it's the a, breeders, there's a little breeders in yeah. there. There's a little bit. No, like, I, I like the song. I don't like it as much as I like the other no, one. No, nobody's really trying like, to convince but, you to like the but, song. We're just yeah, we're talking not selling about you on it. What we hear, like, what yeah, we hear it in the does song. have some like squalling dissonance that goes on kind of in the background. Yeah, um, which took me out of it a little bit. Just yeah. sounds like fucking Yola Tango. <laughs> However, this this is a song that you could hum. Oh yeah, yeah sure. You know, I only hum part of it. I hum, I just try to hum the dissonant parts. Oh, that's good, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> just the drone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it requires uh, it requires me to sit in the back seat of my car on a hot day for a while. Well, good. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess we're we're kind of at the, uh, are we at the place where we should do the middle? Do the middle. Okay. If it so pleases the you. The intermission. So I guess it's me. In uh, the song on the record we've been covering this week that I that I genuinely really like triggered something in my brain. Doesn't necessarily remind me of it, but there was something about its cadence that reminded me of this song, and I remembered how brilliant the video was. Speaking of Cream, uh, of course, of Cream, uh, Godly and Cream's uh, 1985 single "Cry," uh, which I haven't thought of in 30 years, probably. Not sure that I've ever heard the song. Do I know it? Well, it's the it's sort of the antecedent visually to um, Michael Jackson's Black and White, but you've probably heard it at some point. Um, but yeah, let's get into that. Somebody needs to get that song a tissue. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean it's called cry. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean I just I liked it, but it was I found it so sad. <laughs> weird. <laughs> it was so weird. I had absolutely no recognition when you called when, out when the, I, when the I said band the name and the, and yeah. the song. But as soon as the video started playing, I oh, knew what it was. Yeah, it, it was yeah. on your hard drive somewhere. Um, I don't think mental. I had. Mental. Okay, yeah. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't have a, actually have a hard well, you drive. Don't, you don't see that video in front of Mark's like, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Godly and Cream's oh, uh, Opus Cry. Who it, <laughs> I don't know if it's an opus. <laughs> Who it turns out were part of 10CC, which I've just recently They're like been discovered. At least 5CC of 10CC. <laughs> right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, it turns out, okay, so, Mark, you mentioned, like, well, this is before um, digital editing, which is true. It was 1985, and it's a process called analog crossfading. And these guys apparently um, directed a bunch of videos. They did this one, uh, directed it themselves, but also Ultravox, The Police, Yes, Duran Duran, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and Wang Chung. Um, mm. And these guys still, like, do music-related stuff to this day. I mean, it was really well done. It was also a well. Shane thought it was like a nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> I will. I will. I will never <laughs> ever wish to see that ever again. Oh, and, I love and I'm sure that it will be in my dreams later tonight. Unfortunately, <laughs> but it's interesting that because earlier tonight, before we started recording, I, I brought up this uh, this article on eight bizarre recording experiments, and one of those was, was 10CC. 10CC. Yeah, and how they they basically did uh, tape bouncing and looping to create a synthesized uh, a voice synthesizer using the mixing board uh but anyway just Makes sense the, if you think obviously about it, these guys you know they're experimental so they were doing something new with video well, as well it was very well done i mean the song i had never heard the song i before. like the like, song it, it sounds it sounds like a really good wham song uh, yeah sure like, i mean it was a decent song I don't ever think I'll be able to scrub my eyes clean enough from. So, what is it that was so disconcerting <laughs> to you about it? I think it's fascinating. It's fascinating, truly. It's fascinating. Uh, this sometimes when it morphs from one person to the other, like some of their features blend in such a way that it looks like a very scary monster. So it's like a literal nightmare. Like if you were sleeping and you woke up from like those images, yes, you'd be like covered in flop sweat. Probably, <laughs> yeah. So it's really one of these cases flop where. Sweat. Um, what is flop sweat, by the way? <laughs> it's when people, like you know, on the lighted stage, you know, on, you know, uh, is that the is like that have the, to like mop their brow? Is that the genesis of that term, flop sweat? You ever see like early Louis Anderson sets? No, I understand what it is, but what's the <laughs> genesis of that term, <laughs> flop sweat? Yeah. I'm not sure. I Man, guess okay. what I see it. I uh, yeah, tough okay. room. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks. That song's a that song's a treat. I think I, I, I genuinely do think it's like the song. Like and I, and I yeah, love, it was a I good song. It was it's compelling. fucking fr- compelling in a fright. Well, you see what it's I mean? It's compelling about... in the same way as like a horror movie is. Sure. That's compelling. Well, the, the track itself, um, I do remember. And do you like do your, it, it what you were saying, Ryan? Six, I haven't thought about it in years. It reached number 16 like, in the top 40. Yeah. Uh, I remember it as like number 18. So... <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> I will point out that the first known use of flop sweat was 1947. It's nervous sweat as of a performer caused especially by the fear of failing. It's, it's the, in the dictionary, folks. It's the, yeah. it's seen in the film noir, the, the crime drama, uh, now we know curse of the flop sweat. 
I really All right, kids, you want to get back into the main event? Curse of the flop sweat. <laughs> so uh, the last thing I want to say about Godly and Cream, well, two things. Um, one, Mark just showed us the Miami Vice video version of that, which hopefully has scrubbed Shane's brain. Um, Why is this? Is it? Is it somebody's name in that really cream? No, I mean, does somebody, it's Kevin Godley, and here's what I wanted to point out. I was, I was LOL thought it was Godfrey. Cream, Lowell, not Lowell, but Lowell, like Lowell. laughing out loud, like Lowell Tolhurst. That that was his name. Like I don't know who that Cure. is. He was like a fucking founding member of the Cure. Okay, well, you know, it's Robert Smith Lowell. and a bunch of other people throughout. Well, this the guy decades. was in the band for a long time. But Kevin wants to talk about our current album, and I think we should. Yeah, as much as I would love to talk about Godfrey or whoever that was. Uh, Godfrey and cr- Godly and Cream. Godfrey and Cream. Gilbert Godfrey. It's like my favorite. Eats Cream. It's my favorite soda. <laughs> now that sounds like, I'd watch that. That sounds like a nightmare it's for most so of It's so creamy. so weird. You should take that on the road. Anyway, we're going to, we'll, we'll circle back to, to Jason. Um, one of the things that we talked about before we veered tragically into Ryan, the video that Ryan just showed us. I love it. Was, um, was kind of the the fact that um, that Duterte has a variety of influences, and um, she doesn't she doesn't try to roll them all out uh, all the time. But like there is um, uh, just taking a nugget from the um, Consequence of Sound take on this album. You know, basically this. I'll just read you a little snippet that says. Um, there's a stronger pop influence on this record, one that's always been scratching at the door of Jason's work. Near the middle, the beats get beatier and the scents get synthier. However, it never descends into any kind of vapid crooning. Sounding uh, them is just as much uh, rock influence, taking clear cues from the late 90s and the early aughts of garage work. And this like really caught my eye and uh, struck me aligning with something Ryan said earlier. Um, the whole thing has the buoyant but defiant feel of late 90s teen movie soundtracks. Songs with radio appeal, but Riot Girl Edge. So it's like she's kind of, you know. Yeah, I'd say 80s teen movies, but um, but I definitely got a teen movie vibe Maybe Maybe 89. Yes, exactly, 1989. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't, I didn't hear that at all. I mean, I guess, I still don't understand what that, what that means, like, in, in my listening to the record. I'm not saying it's one thing, if it's bad or not bad, it doesn't really, it just doesn't connect, or I just don't understand yeah, I think it, it, well she goes on to the writer goes on to qualify this a little bit and says that the that the sparkling strings in some place give way to shouted choruses showing off in this case like a range in musicianship but also like a range in approach. So, um you know, he, anyway, I the the impression that I got was I can hear I hear the 80s thing and I hear the 90s thing certainly. Um and she does wear her influences on her sleeve. But I think isn't that to some extent like kind of the great thing about being in your early 20s, too, is like you just she's so clearly in a place. Up. Yeah. Well, she can just she's, you know, throwing think, shit on the wall. Like, I think it's a thoroughly pleasant listen. I mean, like, I but, so but, too. but that's but that's I think that's therein lies what could be a criticism of the record to be like it's it's. It's perfectly pleasant, you know. Like I love to put this album on while I'm driving around town, you know, like in a mid 
April Sunday afternoon running errands. You know, it's great background music. Like, it's great. It's perfect. I love my Shane scenarios I get every week of, like, the appropriate well, time and place to listen to various records. Yes. It's funny that you mentioned that, though. Like, about three sentences later, the same reviewer says the only drawback is that Everybody Works is so reliably good, you can start to tune it out a bit after a while. You start expecting excellence from Duterte, and when she delivers, you take it for granted. Well, I don't think it's excellent. Excellent. I mean, I, I agree with with that reviewer to, to to a certain extent. I actually think it's for the for the opposite reason. I think that the songs are consistently good, but nothing is consistent. There's no cons- nothing consistent. Nothing that's really great or rises above. And that's that's what I was saying before. Like I, I think it's sort of a it's 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 a it's I, I hate to say lightweight album, or I don't want to imply that I'm saying it's less or anything. It's just it's very light. It's it's like little butterfly wings. So here, here's what what it's buoyant. <clears throat> here's what here's In what place. it did with me. Um, I listened to it a couple times through, um, and I was like, I just know when I look this up that like critics are going to be like all over themselves about it. And sure enough, like I looked up Pitchfork and it was like eight point six, and they had like only nice things to say about it, which kind of pissed me off a little bit. In the same way that like uh, that Coen Brothers movies do. Because I'm, I know that I'm supposed to like it. Yeah, but I mean, okay, and it's just not doing anything. Well, why for don't me. you put it in? Why don't you put it in these terms? Whenever you listen to an album that you really like, and you look up, and the critics are like eight point six, you're like, "Fuck yeah, I knew it." Well, yeah, okay. I'm not well, saying I'm not being a hypocrite. Well, <laughs> okay, well, as long as you can admit that you're being a hypocrite, because you know, far be it for me to to. Try to cross any lines with saying with saying that I'm not a hypocrite about shit like this. It's just don't get all wound up about when you like something or don't like something and really I'm get not really wound up. You just said it pissed you off. You like a ah, little bit, a little. All bit. All right. I just knew I knew that was going to be the case. Okay. Well, what about when you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, let's think about like other albums that we've listened to on this podcast that. You know that you like that you loved, and you looked up. Yep, the critics are right there with me. You know, like. Yeah. But I think that we all make that. Like, if it's a mistake, like it's one that we all make too. Like, you know, you, sure, you connect to the things that you connect with. That, like, that's exactly what I was saying. Well, and I, and I don't me. think the record is artistically invalid. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, right. And that's the point. Like, but you do, if you don't like look up the the critics to see if you had it right. If it's just no, it just would have been nice if somebody had my take on it, and it doesn't seem to be the case. I totally see the allure of the album, but nothing about this was memorable to me. No, I don't think it's, and that's my point. I don't think it's overly memorable. I think it's perfectly pleasant. And there's not there's not a song on this album. That's the sticker going on the record, by the way. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but not no, but overly I, but memorable, but, I, but, but perfectly but I present. It very much. In the, you know what pleasant. it kind of reminded me of. And, and this is going to sound. Thank you. This is going to sound like a backhanded compliment. It's but it's just a statement of fact. I mean, like in the '90s, I would go through uh, like racks and racks and racks of UCDs looking for bands that I had read about in zines, and there were a lot of those CDs that I got that I loved very much. Appreciated very much eh, for a couple months, and then I can't even tell you what the band's names were now. And I think this is kind of this maybe uh, Dio. No, Dio's a whole different. That is a whole other can Ronnie of worms. Okay. No, that is a whole other can of. Of course, I know who the fuck Ronnie James Dio is. You moron. <laughs> Uh, you but know that, you know that was a joke, right? Yes, I know it's a let joke. Let me let me shit. let me take us back to the to the first five minutes of the podcast because I think one of the things that I that I talked about the very beginning uh, is something we haven't really discussed much, which is 
the the effect of the transformation of that part of California on the music itself. You know, basically the 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 precept that that some of these reviewers make is that you know it's kind of a combination of a lot of things, right? You've got a person in her young twenties who is who's very open to like learn, like soaking up different influences and at the same time you've got this mix of what oakland used to be and what oakland is becoming well, oakland was always considered like sort of the uh seedy, the, the red-headed seedy, stepchild yeah like like yeah. san francisco's on one side of the bay and on the other side of the bay you've got problems i'm curious though <laughs> that's I'm originally curious, what I'm they curious, call the though, age honestly how in this age of of digital recording in your garage, in your bedroom, whatever it is for this JSON record, and digital distribution across the world, how geographical location is relevant? Well, I think that's a good question to make. I thought about that too, and I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it goes back to if you're 21, 22 years old, the bands that you're going to see in the local scene. I mean, that goes back to what you've always, what you've always seen, like how bands will develop. You know, it, p- members will will you know the bands become somewhat incestuous, and I mean, I think that, that that you still, as long as there are people going out to see live music, then the geographical. You it, know, it matters somewhat, yeah. Back, you know, when I used to, I think it matters a lot. I think it matters a <laughs> lot. Like if you're going out and you're, you know, twenty one, twenty twenty one, twenty two years old, no matter what you're listening to that you love outside of that, the bands that you're going to see, regardless. Um, and a lot of that will have to do with the fact that I was saying about how bands will members will leave one band and go to another band. And stuff oh, like I've, that. I've, I've known people well, who that's are in how like, you develop like a, four a, or a five sound. different bands, and like some of those people are in other bands with you know some of those same people where the, there's cross pollination over like right. 10 and, bands. and then in the bands that you're going to see, like you know, like if there's one like King Big Dick Band on the top of the fucking heap. Oh, they were great. Yeah, King Big Dick Band on top of the bucket. Did then they put out that their second album, Hall of uh, the Mountain? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hall of the Mountain, like I, a hall, not like a hall that you that you walk through, but like the hall, like Santa Claus has a hall. Like uh, here's J U L. You got yeah. a hall ass. Here's another thing. Hall ass on the Mountain King. We we have talked about we have hall talked Oaks. about her age a few times. We haven't talked about the fact that like the age that she is is kind of like right at this right at the age where you're really in. You're like imprinted with the things that become your like musical tent poles for the the rest of your life. Like if you think back to the things that we kind of circle back to, sometimes it's like sometimes it's stuff that we really like fell hard for in our early twenties. So there's I'm, a lot of eighties and nineties discussion in yeah, this room. Sure, but I, but I guess my point is like I I wonder like from like musically speaking, she's at a very kind of rich place creation wise, but she's also. In, like being imprinted by all of these things that she yeah, but I think uh, but that's kind of what Mar- Mark was asking, and I think that's a very incredibly valid question to to ask. Like, what does it matter? Like, if the place where you live, as far as we can get, there's so much entertainment and so much music. Right, it matters at the creation point that you can see at a live well, show. It, but like, it also it, it right the live show, but it's also the social group. You know, and sure. Like, I mean, there still is that as long as kids are going kids. <laughs> It's it's today. Well, you know, it's going with out to see <laughs> going out to see live music. Get off my porch. Have... Yeah. So, but well, and to that to that end, like uh, Chuck Klosterman once asked, uh, "Where's the Lester Bangs of video games?" Like the fact of the matter is, is that music is this 
unique thing that that is at once like you instantly have yeah, there, there have an opinion. Who, there are people who review video games. Well, but I can't name it. You know what I mean, though. But yeah. like like. And there may there may be some it's not your jam. There may be there. some iconoclasts or like or folks out there who are really upsetting the apple cart and and writing long, torrid, flowery prose about video games. I'm sure that that happens. But in terms of like, you know, reaching the masses, uh, that's still music is uh, the wheelhouse. True enough. Anyway, uh, you guys want to listen to another song? Yeah. So. Um, what do you think? I mean, we can do we can do Bedhead, which was the track that that's the one that was my jam. Ryan's jam. Okay, yeah. Well, why don't we do that one? You just bank it up as you go along. That entire well, that, song is like sounds like somebody left the tape, like the let the record warp in the back of their of their car, except for like twenty seconds where the guitar is still pitch sh- shifted. Okay, so okay, couple things. Um, you're right. I am making it up as I go along because like that's just how my brain works, and uh, I just think it sounds better that- in my car for some reason. Um, but what I genuinely like about that song is it kind of takes you on a little journey um, and evolves, and it's mostly the dynamics. Like, it just gets a little bit louder, and then it you know, brings an acoustic guitar. And I just enjoyed it more than the rest of the record. It wasn't, a, wasn't trying to be anything. It it's wasn't, an absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful song. I just want to, like, just as we sometimes, I can't like, explain it. The like, inconsistency about like what you, especially talking about this record, the, the, the dude, more I get killed on cross. I get that. It's what, fine. When I listen to it through what I think is it's your filter, the Ryan filter, I'm totally expecting it to break at some point. For there, just this grunge guitar to come in. That's not all I and, like. Yeah, no, but you do like the crunchy poppy stuff more than you, that. You like the crunch. Crunchy poppies. That sounds like, I mean, the, like maybe that's like some new serial like new Ryanos. The crunchy <laughs> poppy. You'll sure. love the crunch, but but you know what I mean. I mean when I when I think that about is, is when you say you don't spot. like dissonance, and, and when I think about the things that you it. do like, it sounds like a My Bloody Valentine song. It's it like it's very much so like My Bloody Valentine at, um, for almost the entire song. Oddly, in the My Bloody Valentine stuff, like it wasn't um, like dissonance that I didn't like. I just didn't think there was much song structure there. Well, um, and there's not a ton of song structure. Look, I'm not consistent. It's fine. I well, just, as long as you admit that, that's the yeah. only thing. 
I mean, and she is like she's not she's not quite as buried in the mix as like say in my bloody Valentine track, but like sure. she struck like the the aesthetic of that song is very similar to an MBV song for sure. Um, it is kind of interesting that that's that, that's what you connected reason, with. Like, yeah, I like, can't explain it. I could not if you if you had asked me, I would have thought that that would have been your least favorite. That's why when I was I was kind of smirking when you picked it, I was like, I don't think you. Before we listened to it, I was like. I don't think that's the song you think it is. Yeah, I don't think. Oh no, because that's my you know favorite song on the record, and I've listened to that one like four or five times. I've only listened to the record twice. Well, maybe you're coming around. There you go. That's how they get you. Yeah, I'm gonna start the Mac DeMarco awesome chapter. Fil- uh, no, no, it's, I didn't know, but it didn't sound like Mac DeMarco. But it definitely there's a hey, lot there's of some distance. My bloody it. Valentine in there. All right, dudes. Uh, who's got uh, who's got the the current affair? I do. Okay, so I wanted to listen to something. I'm just going to say this just because um, at some point one of us needs to to bring this up. But Broken Social Scene is back with a new record, and how uh, it's like a Turbo Hug or something like that. Yeah, I'm your Turbo Hugger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, I hug no around the world. That's means. a uh, that's a Judas Priest reference, anyway. Just get with the fucking program. Washing the dog. Washing the dog. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, the song that I want to listen to, there is no video. So uh, Washed Out uh, just put out a record recently. Uh, actually, like one of those, what do they call it? Like what Beyonce did with Lemonade? Like a travelogue? Or like a record about how your husband's a dick? No, no. <laughs> where there's just a bunch of, it's like a vi- visual record. No, it's a, not a lot of people know this. Uh, she actually uh, made most of her money off of Lemonade sales last year. So just like a, she had a stand. Oh, yeah. she, and, and New York. I saw that, and yeah. Ice T was sitting in the background. Yeah, uh-huh. and he kept saying, "It's lemonade, not like, iced tea." How much is how much for some lemonade? Oh, she was like, God. she was like uh, seventeen million dollars. The, dad, oh, yeah. the dads are back. Yes, All right. whatever. Let's. Uh, anyway, I want to listen to uh, "Get Lost" by Washed Out. <laughs> Is that it? There's, there's a lot to like there. Go ahead. There's a lot to like there. But I think my favorite part was when it takes us back to a simpler time where a woman could crouch on roller skates with the Virginia Slims in her fingers. Do you remember that ad? It was referenced in that video. I mean, I don't remember that ad, but that was that was all '80s all the time. It was all '80s all the time. <clears throat> What I what I kept thinking is like uh, whoever made that video like maybe got their start like writing ransom notes for um, <laughs> kidnappers, and then just realized they got a real affinity for like and they they picking, wanted to monetize like, that thing. yeah. And for for people who haven't seen it, like basically you have the the entire video is uh, like it's mostly just like like creative cutouts of what appear to be like eighties like old magazine magazines. Yeah. Ads. 
Yeah, it's it's very uh it is both uh dated and oddly modern. Yeah, song's fairly modern. Uh now, I enjoy yeah, I enjoy that, some washed, washed out. out. I think like, yeah, I, I that's the first album that he's put out I think in four so, so years. Who is this? So it's the guy have you ever watched um Portlandia? Portlandia yeah. He, he did a theme song a, for that. Well, it wasn't a originally episode. a theme song, but is it? Aren't they from? Isn't he from Chicago? Am he's I from that? Georgia. Okay. Um, originally, so I don't know where somewhere he is I now, get, but I I think I conflated that because there was a um, yeah, rock he's, photographer he's that I knew that that went on about him who was from Chicago. But yeah, uh, yeah I love anyway. the second record, the or within or without or and without the um, the record that that Portlandia song came off of, and then he put some stuff off of that um but i mean that's more my scene i like that kind of like it's a cool that, little song i like that chill wave stuff i hated yeah, that i mean yeah. like, i'm probably not gonna t- like listen to this you know like on the way home tonight but um, no but if you heard it especially yeah. like if you heard it like i thought it was interesting that like right at the end of it they put in some like dj screw or something like that kind uh, of um, yeah. that like slow oh down yeah or, yeah yeah right but it's a you know nice little. Would this be the ditty? kind of thing, Ryan? That that um you know like you were saying like uh, you could cook out in your hammer pants would be this would this be the kind of thing that you would? Yeah, that's that's my Shane scenario for this song is that you know it's a good thing while you're you're grilling in your hammer pants. Grilling, grilling. Yeah, right. It's a that's kind of. Yeah, yeah, well, second. the name of the name of the uh, travelogue or whatever like visual album it's called Mister Mellow. So that sounds like a great name for a cat. Like an orange cat? <laughs> Mr. Mellow. Well, they're yeah. all kind of mellow. Mr. Mellow. <laughs> Except for I had a roommate, and this is weird that we're getting in there, but I had a roommate 20-some-odd years ago that uh, had a skinny black cat named Stalin, and that cat fucking hated me. Well, his and name was like Stalin. Do you think there was anything to do with that? Well, like, but the, the dude thought it was hilarious, but whenever I'd walk in the room, the thing would, like, attack my leg. And most cats love the shit out of me, but this That's one did true. not. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I had a friend yeah, who had, had, a, Mr. Mello. had a cat that they called Shitty Kitty. and well, uh, I don't know. So, yes. anyway. Um, yeah, no, thanks for bringing that out, Shane. I, um, it's a fun, I, little, I, fun I, little video. I enjoy, I some, I enjoy some Washed Out. I'm a fan. Um, who has next week? Me. And I'm going to do another Greatest Hits album. But, but bear with me because y- you have to understand why. is It's one of those... Because you're lazy? No, it's not because I'm lazy. I think it'll actually make this a lot more enjoyable experience for us. I'm, I actually have no problem lazy, with that. Um, greatest hits of who? The Everly Brothers. Um, oh. The Everly Brothers best. Okay. Um, it, uh, there's probably like ten of them. There's a bunch of stuff. They have a. They, they don't have that many records out because, honestly, the dudes hated each other. The two Everly Brothers fucking hated each other, and we can talk about that next week. The actual brothers. They were actual brothers. Yeah. One who not too long ago died and one who... St- Still hanging around, but um, on that album there are a couple of songs that we all know, uh, like "Lake Up, Wake, Lake Up, Wake Up, Little Susie." I think "Dream" is on that record. Well, there's a bunch of songs that we don't know, and I just think that they're such a, a they were such a formative group. I mean, we wouldn't have had the harmonies in the Beatles had it not been for the Everly Brothers. Um, and it's just somebody I think we should. And they were take the a um, look at. They were the uh, forefathers of like slowcore, right? Like, um, like, or uh, like Red House Painters. Yes, like very much. Uh, I mean, yeah, a case could maybe be a like thing. 
the band Low? Low? Yeah. yeah. Yes, they sound exactly. Yes. I actually thought they were more, if, I mean, and that was Don Everly. If you look at the other Everly brother, I think Megadeth kind of really came more from his. Sure. From that, from that yeah. side of the group. Glenn. Yeah. Glenn Everly. Yeah. I do really want to hear, like, a, I would like to uh, do a punk rock version of Wake Up Little Susie. I'm sure it's been done. But you should do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, so let's do some Everly Brothers next week. All right. I guess until then, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. And Mark. This is Somebody Likes It. Oneofus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel.